0: This episode of the Duck Gun Podcast proudly brought to you by Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels, the market's only double-walled roto-molded dog crate and a 5-star crash test rated kennel. These American-made boxes come with a lifetime warranty and the guys over at Gunner Kennels have done some crazy testing just to show how strong they really are. Like dropping 4,000 pounds on it, hammering it with a 630 pound sled. Tossing it off a 200 foot cliff and shooting it with a 12 gauge at seven paces with no pellet penetration. You're hitting the road with your dog this season. Gunner kennels is your safest bet. Protect your best friend and protect your investment. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me for a unique episode of the Duck Gun Podcast on this weekly hunt update, flying solo. But I'm joined by Hunter from HDR Innovations, and we talk about our current hunt that we were just on on our drive home. Um, So I appreciate you guys bearing with the audio. Now for a quick word from the partners, and we'll be right into it.
1: Hey, guys. Tim from HDR here. If you really want to get your group up front and in the action, Check out our new HTR A-Frame, hunt anywhere, concealed. It sets up and takes down in less time than it takes to put your waders on. We've developed our own camo patterns for a better hide, with more designs coming. We have you covered from the sides and the top. Oh, and did I mention, our A-Frame is only 10 pieces out of the box? Check us out on Facebook, Instagram and on HTRInnovations.com.
0: Hey guys, another great company that we've partnered with is Sportsman Taxidermy. And we had Corey on the podcast not too long ago, so jump back, check that one out. Really great content there. Um, but they do everything from waterfowl, deers, turkey, and they've even done a lion at their shop. It's award-winning taxidermy, and they're out of Belton, Missouri. Um, you can reach them at 816-331-5171 or email at taxidermy@outlook.com. At and did I mention... If you're not in the area, they also do shipping, so that's great. Be sure to check them out, guys. We'd like to give a big thanks to our partners over at White Rock Decoys. Be a nomad and get out further with more decoys with their lightweight system of windsocks, silhouettes, and fully collapsible floater decoys. We'd also like to give a big thanks to our partners over at Bailey's Game Calls. These 3D printed plastic calls are made in America, highly customizable, and floating. They also have a patent pending on the density of their calls which allows them to mimic wood and acrylic calls. Be sure to check out Bailey's Game Calls for your next duck or goose call. What's going
2: on folks? I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles coming to you live from the road. In a snowstorm, and today's hunt update is gonna be a little different, trying something new. Um, so, hopefully, this audio turns out good. Um, but we're driving right now, me and Hunter from HShare Innovations, and he's gonna be joining me for the weekly hunt update. And we're gonna be talking about a hunt we just went on. Uh, we went and traveled down south. Um, But I won't get into the details we went we went on a hunt together for the closing of the
1: central zone of Indiana So
2: how are you doing hunter?
1: I'm doing just great after today's results that we had with the ducks
2: Yep, we we definitely
1: got on them and
2: had a great time. So um, You know real quick before we jump into the podcast, let's have a quick word from our partners lights Uh, LightSol is a product that me and Elliot have both been using a lot this year. Uh, Hunter, have you seen the headlamp I use from LightSol? I have. Uh, One of the, you know, premier products that they have, they also have the quad light. Um, One thing I'll say about those is they're super bright, uh, great. We used the quad light light last night, took the magnet side, hooked it up to Hunter's truck, and loaded up all the gear. So make sure you check out LightSol. L-I-T-Z-E-Z-E l-i-t-e-z-a-l-l dot com and the promo code is duck hunt 10 for 10% off at checkout so let's jump let's jump back to the beginning of the hunt so the beginning of the hunt kind of starts before we actually go hunting so we decided that we were going to go down to central Indiana and actually had someone contact me um, a listener a viewer from YouTube and the podcast Uh, Heard me talking about wanting to extend my duck season and maybe travel through the state and we hit up some public land together so um, We had some inclement weather coming in Uh, we knew the snowstorms were coming like that and um, We were honestly a little bit worried. So what what were your thoughts kind of going into it Hunter?
1: Uh, Excited but nervous at the same time I After hearing what the storm was gonna do uh, I was a little worried about getting down there in time, uh, especially since we had to be there at 5.30 in the morning for the draw, and it takes us four hours, um, and this, they were projected to get four to seven inches from last night uh, through today, um, so uh, let's just say I didn't get much sleep.
2: Yeah, so I think um, for both of us, on average, it was about one to two hours of sleep. I, I went to bed uh, a little after ten, and we had to get, we decided we we're gonna leave at midnight. So <laughs> that's not a lot of sleep. Uh, and, and even when I did lay down, I didn't get a lot of sleep. I went to bed at maybe 10:15, and and I got up at 11:30, um, and we're still going on that one hour of sleep <laughs> currently on our drive. Um, Back home, so yeah, kind of you want to kind of take pick it up from there?
1: Yeah, so we made the decision to leave at midnight um, just due to the weather and the unknown conditions. Um, And we were hoping that would give us enough time, which looking back, I'm glad we did do that because we lost about 45 minutes of time due to weather, so we still. We only made it there a half hour before uh, the draw which is at five thirty, 30 um, and so it worked out perfect because um, we we had some some bad conditions that we went through um, so thankfully we got there safely and uh, snowy cold conditions um, so we were pretty excited and this was both of our first time doing the draw so it was all new experience for me Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. and I've done
2: draws on dove hunts before in Indiana um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I think that was it but just to kind of um, give you guys a little bit of background of how it works for Indiana I know every state is kind of different um, Kansas on their public land FWA type uh, hunting state-owned properties uh, it's kind of first for serve so with LA you know you get up when I've hunted with him we got up, we got up at like two in the morning and got out to the spot by 3 a.m or whatever whatever you know it's not exact times but we get up super early when I when I went with LA just so you're first out there um, but Indiana and no other states do it like this have a draw system you show up at 5 30 um, everybody's there it doesn't matter which time you get there as long as you're there by 530 and then it's a random drawing of the people who are there so they both have the pros and cons Kansas you can always make sure you get your spot just beat everybody else um, Indiana
1: you can't but you get to sleep in so pros and cons on that I would say I will say that everything is automated which was awesome uh, because at 530 they they Auto-generate them through the computer, and it's instantaneous. So it happened really quick. And what what do we? Oh, were there eighteen groups that we had this morning? There was, I think, there were sixteen groups, and then there, they draw the singles
2: after that. So not sure how many singles, but I think there's quite a few. And then groups that came in late due the due to the weather. Yeah. So um, yeah, from there we got there, and uh, Quinn, this guy we met up with and he was telling us kind of like the lowdown. he was able to scout the day before which turned out to be clutch i mean we've talked about it before in podcasts and videos and all that kind of stuff and if you're a duck hunter you know this anyway i mean scouting is just the best thing you can do um for getting on the birds and so us being out of town and not being able to get there it was just awesome for quinn to be able to get out there and scout um and kind of give us a heads up where the birds would be and he knew what spot he wanted and what spots kind of in order that he wanted um, and we had a plan going into it so we ended up getting draw number six and you know I mean that's a third of the way through the list so it's I mean it's better than average um, so we knew we had a chance to get her spot and sure enough all the other groups went and they kind of everybody's picking
1: uh, some of the easier spots to get to um, I guess they just didn't want to push it I don't know I think a lot of the spots that they were picking were the go-to blinds throughout the year that produced well but that they're in easier spots that um, traditionally they produce good results but um, kind of just the the go-to blinds which Quinn didn't really want he had other spots in mind that were more difficult to get into but had a whole lot more birds Uh, we just had to pack out a whole lot more for it which uh, me personally I'd rather do that anyways um, because I we had we saw a lot of a lot of birds this morning because Because of it because of the art so the extra work paid off I think in our in our case yeah so we actually got the this Saturday we got
2: the spot we wanted Um, even though we're number six we ended up getting them our first choice so we're pretty pumped about it we're already feeling great about it and uh, kind of just to uh, give a lowdown down on the weather so everybody across the country our migration this year has not been great um, almost f- across the board i think most people would say that the migration has been well below average as far as bird numbers go um, but this last week we've got a big drop in temperature and snow up north in indiana and in, in right now this storm was rolling in right before we hunted and uh, we knew what the number estimations were which they still weren't like great but they were there were birds there it was definitely holding birds um, but to kind of flash forward so we got our spot we went to the parking lot packed up all our gear and we had a ton I mean project 10 dozen decoys on sleds if not more shells uh, white rock decoys um, I mean we took everything in the kitchen sink as Hunter set. Yeah. yeah. And then we also strapped one of the HDR, HDR A-frames on a sled as well and just drug everything out there. But when we got out to the spot we wanted, um, with this cold weather and snow and ice, there was an ice hole that these birds were holding open and it was like hundreds and hundreds of specks and I've never seen a speck in Indiana before. Um, and so that was pretty cool, a speckle belly, speck for short, sure. um, <laughs> there's specks just ducks and, and sandhill cranes just going crazy so right away you know when you get that and you get there in the morning you definitely don't want to like bump birds off a roost but when you're going in spots like this you can't help it and it, it, it felt you know pretty decent as far as like confidence once we got
1: out to the spot and saw the ice hole and, and uh, the setup yeah I know I know Quinn actually he was telling us in the morning he was hoping that they would be in there that we would bump them off. Uh, he had seen them in there the night before of course and um, from his experiences um, if you bump them off in the morning and they really want to be there they're just gonna come back which was true um, to what we saw um, later in the hunt but so yeah we, we bumped off a ton of birds so we knew that uh, this spot was a good spot um and we no idea of how many ducks were in there i'm sure there was a ton of ducks in there using it we couldn't even hear them because of all the speckle bellies and um, sandhill cranes and sandhill cranes but there was just a ton and ton of birds on this hole so we knew birds wanted to be there so that was pretty exciting yeah and kind of to step back again i don't think we really did it justice talking about the walk-in
2: i mean we had i would say it was at least a quarter of a mile if not further yeah uh, and you know pulling all those decoys I had a, a decoy backpack on fully loaded uh, decoy bag fully loaded on the back um, we had the sleds loaded down and I mean it was like you know go 100 yards and stop and take a break go 100 yards and, and I mean because it was rough going through the tall grass um, and pulling those sleds with all the gear loaded down uh, and we you know walked through a levee uh, and then we had to get through a ditch and like the ditch was like literally inches from going over the top of our waders as we like push the the sluts through that to each side so we really had to get out there and work to get to this spot which you know for me that really adds to the experience you know having to really push for it and get out there and um, you know go hard after the ducks.
1: Yeah we worked out a good a good sweat. I was sweating for sure on the way in. I was dead, and so we, we like I said, the, the draw ended
2: at 5:30. We got out there about up to our spot or to the parking lot um, about 5:45, and so shooting light was 7:35. And from packing in there, getting across the levee, getting everything set up, um, setting up cameras for the YouTube vid and everything, we were not—we honestly weren't even ready by the time shooting light yeah. came. And we ended up missing a couple chances on birds, which you hate to have that happen. But we just—I mean, maybe we overdid it. But I—I've I, been going with uh, really enjoying going with big spreads this year. And honestly, I feel like the bigger your spread, the more realistic it looks. Um, and birds definitely find safety in numbers. And uh, kind of uh, did a, been doing a spread. Um, I've been trying a lot recently. Kind of first time I tried it was with Elliot, where you split the the ducks and in two groups and have kind of an empty kill hole in the middle uh for your mojo um probably a pretty typical one but on something i hadn't really tried till i hunted with elliot in kansas um and i've tried it here in indiana a few times now and i really like that style of big spread with uh a, a, you know
1: two separate groups of birds and then a kill hole in the middle yeah so we set up uh goose shells and mallard shells on the ice um, surrounding it and then all the floaters in between with a mojo and a Higdon butt rippler just to give it a little more motion. Um, and I, I think it I think our spread looked really good. I think it looked really realistic. It was big. Um, I, I liked it. I think it I think it definitely helped us going with all I think it was worth the extra time and effort sweat yeah yeah
2: it definitely was Um, I just wish we could have been five minutes faster or something like that it was just pushing it right at the end Um, and so another thing we had happen right right during that we had um, a a single come in as far as a a, another hunter come into the spot and I'm not honestly I'm not sure even still exactly what happened Um, but there was some type of confusion um, in the drawing where he drew after us and we ended up in the same zone. I'm not exactly sure what happened, um, but he's a really nice guy, we met him. Uh, we, you know, he didn't know exactly, I, don't, I, I honestly don't know exactly what happened, but um, we invited him to hunt with us and group up. And so uh, we made the best of it, you know, with our A-frame blind and the Gunner Kennel, or not Gunner Kennel, Mo Marsh. Uh, yeah, Mo Marsh bizzle app right there and brush and and made a a decent setup for the four of us and chief right there
1: yeah it it definitely threw us for a curveball because the the a-frame really made for three hunters comfortably and so we tried it we've done four but it's snug and so we tried four and then um, Quinn said hey I'll just sit outside and cover up especially at first light uh, which worked fine um, but then we kind of tried to make him a little brush blind in between uh, the Invisilab and the the A-frame his own little blind um, which we'll get into that in a bit but that's how we tried to do it and it worked all right but it was definitely I think it would have been a little bit nicer if we could have went with just our three um,
2: yeah, definitely a little bit better concealment um, to be in the blind than outside. Of yeah. Jeez, messing up the audio. Sorry. <laughs> um, you have to excuse us. We're on the road, like I said earlier. So, we got some caffeine cans and <laughs> and stuff lying about, keeping us awake yeah. on our limited sleep. So, where are we on the hunt? So, yeah, very beginning. We have some birds working. In. We're getting everything loaded have a couple buzz the the set that definitely were in kill range um and then first thing first the birds start landing kind of off the edge uh of the ice hole and the in the ice hole kind of was a natural ice hole opened by the birds and then we also had um, a pretty decent cut it would cut closer to land um it was you know right on the edge of our a-frame <clears throat> so you know that's we had a really good ice hole but Honestly we still don't know exactly why But they wanted to land further To the right and further away Kind of out of shooting range And we had a pile of them uh, land over there About 12 or so um, First thing in the morning So we had that and we had a couple buzzers set Um, So we're really really close to the X But we had some minor things in the morning Kind of throw us for a
1: loop Yeah those those birds We ended up not shooting those birds Because I think we had group come in and we yep. shot at them uh, so we didn't end up, so we ended up busting those ones that were on the water. They were, I don't know they were probably like 60 yards when they landed yep. and, and so our our closest decoy uh, was probably 10 yards or so and the farthest was maybe 25, 30 on the edges and so they landed outside probably yeah probably 50 yards 60 yards and we were kind of hoping that they would swim in but then we took the opportunity at the first group that came in yeah um and that's when we got our first our first bird of the morning yeah and so one thing
2: that we kind of noticed and it's late season we're on public land and you kind of get these um People saying that birds get weary late season, and especially on public land. And I would say that that kind of held true today. The birds were tough. Um, we had tons of birds that wanted to look at our set. Tons of birds that worked us, you know, call and then circle and call on the edges, and then and they come back in and check us out again. And then some of the time they came in. You really, really had to work them. There wasn't a lot that just came right in. There was a lot that looked. Circled look circled look circled and you had to call them on the corners and really work them in Um, But first thing in the morning we kind of experienced that as well Um, And our first group that came in didn't necessarily finish right. Um, I called the shot and it was probably I would say between 30 and 35 yards Um, Which is definitely within lethal range, but I mean it's no cupcake shot Um, And we ended up busting one and it Kind of landed it probably landed about 80 yards away yeah and uh through the ice and so you know we had a whole ordeal ordeal trying to get that bird um and while we're doing that uh what happened
1: at, back at the blind why well, i had to hold down blind duty i didn't you know i wanted to make sure that uh, no incomers would uh make it out alive didn't have had a single roll in there but and he were i he, might have worked the best out of any duck in there. He was trying to find a spot, little 15-yard shot, right in the set, and I got my first duck down. So that worked out great.
2: Yeah, I just look over from us chasing the cripple, and no one had said anything. I just, for whatever reason, I looked over at that point, and I see this duck just hovering <laughs> right over the decoys, and then Hunter just blasted, <laughs> just perfect. It felt great, by the way. Yeah, yeah I bet. (laughs) So at that point we still had a bunch of birds working and this cripple was out on the ice and we had to break through ice to get it. So we ended up saying, well let's just get back in the blind. That thing's not hurting anything over there. Um, We'll still be able to work back in the blind. So uh, we hopped in the blind and, uh, and yeah, they kept working. So yeah, um, one thing that is a bucket list bird for me, and I don't remember when the exact first one showed up, but I definitely want to get a pintail. Um, I said it a lot when I was in Kansas because they get them over there. We don't see them in our area, but it was loaded up with pintail here in the central zone of Indiana.
1: Yeah, there was. That's the most pintail I've seen in a long. The first one buzzed us uh, pretty early in the in the hunt, and we didn't even, if we would have known it was a pintail, we probably would have taken that shot, but we didn't even realize it until after it was swung over us overhead, and we saw the massive spring on that guy. Yeah, we just had, I mean, we had flocks to flocks, and singles
2: and groups of pintail just all over the place. And it was like, I would say it was like one to every four groups of mallards we saw. And they definitely, you know, hold true to the uh, kind of, I don't know, people. a lot of people say that they uh, are more weary, and I don't have a lot of experience with it. But my experience from uh, today's hunt is that they definitely would give us a look, but they would buzz off at maybe like 60 yards a lot of the time. And we did have some work into... 35 40 yard shot range yeah which is very tempting and uh, and <laughs> we had people in our group um, I mean sometimes us included that would really like doubt it after it happened like oh man we should have took that shot and it's just really tough um, when they're when they're cupping in and they don't exactly finish right there you know do you take it or not and uh, we, actually, we actually took the shot um, Twice We had one where it cupped in And it cupped in right over the blind And I mean I'm talking like 15 yards And uh, My gun This is the only shot I, I used my grandpa's A5 That thing is a workhorse It's a tank That was the only shot this whole season The only shot this season Where it locked up and jammed I couldn't believe
1: yeah so a little bit about this hunt with the weather this morning we had a lot a lot of snow so we were constantly getting out because our our decoys were just getting covered with snow and the more snow that were on the decoys the just more the birds would work in there and they'd flare out and so we kept having to get out and it seemed like every time we get out we have a group of pintails come over and hover and it's pintails or mallards or whatever it just seemed like time and time again we get out, wipe them off here comes a mallard buzzing, here comes a pintail buzzing, and so it's like how many times do we have that happen throughout the hunt and that was frustrating and so so that was one thing we were having to battle through the morning, but when we would clean them up, then we'd have a, a group work in um, and finish them so Which, I believe, that's what we were doing when you had the opportunity to shoot um, The Legend of the Pintail. Yeah, yeah. So, kind of stepping back a little bit. Like, the snow,
2: it's definitely a blessing and a curse at the same time. Like Hunter said, um, we had birds working us like crazy when it would snow. But the decoys would get covered. So, um, if it wasn't snowing like that, they probably wouldn't have been working us like that. Um, But when the decoys are covered, so it's kind of like a necessary evil you get the birds in there and then you gotta get out there and, and wipe them off and jump back in the blind and every time we jumped out we had birds working and so everybody was out of the blinds for one of these um and i was first one getting back to the mine i'm almost in it uh walking right up to it and uh, out of nowhere comes this massive <laughs>
1: chocolate top pentel roosevelt pencil yeah <laughs> it
2: was it had a huge spring it was so big that I was like I honestly I don't have experience hunting them and I didn't know what it was I'm like what is that and it sounds silly but at the time I was like caught like a deer in the headlights as this big old Sprig Pintel is sitting right above me at like 25 yards and uh, I didn't even pull the trigger so uh, I'm gonna be thinking about that one if I if I don't get a Pintel in Kansas this year with Elliot, I'm gonna be thinking about that one for the long, long, long off season <laughs> and wanting that back so bad. So I mean, nothing you can do about it now except for <laughs> crossing my fingers. Kansas, come on. <laughs> so I don't have to think about this all season. Yeah. So that that was really cool because I've I'd never had seen a pintail just Indiana, Northern Indiana I should say, we don't see them, we just don't. Um, I don't know if it's the way the migration works, we're so far up north, they come around Lake Michigan and then the migration kind of pans out, uh, and we're further up there than they, they bypass us for whatever reason. And we get, we get decent mallards. we get a lot of Canada Goose, but we do not get Pintails. So it was just like so cool to see all these pintails, And I was like a kid on Christmas every time
1: they came through. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely cool to see. And they, they just loved. the uh, they're like the bird that loves just to almost taunt you. It's like they hover at 70, 80 yards, and they look like they're gonna drop, and then they swing out and go away. So yeah. it's one of those, they, they play with your heart. Yep. And, uh, kind of the last
2: flock we had kind of later in the day of pintails it was a group about 20 and they cupped in right towards our spread coming right at us right up the pipe and they you know they coasted all 20 of them straight towards us for 70 80 yards and then they got to about right at the 45 yard and then they kind of just wigged out a little and then right at 40 yards they uh, flared and they just flared up and and flew away and we were really tempted to take that shot um but we didn't end up taking it and again everybody you know we kind of like talk amongst ourselves should we take that shot should we not um I definitely like to get them in closer maybe I'm spoiled on private land uh maybe I'm spoiled with mallards but
1: those pintails just wouldn't Really finish past that 40 yards. It seemed like. Yeah, it was a constant battle of weighing. You know, we'd have a, a group, a group that would work in, um, and they they turn off. They turn off right at the.
2: shots, even if they're cupped, you know, that's not maybe everybody thinks they're the best shot, and I can tell you right now um, I'm a decent shot, but 35 yard shot, you're not going to hit that every time um, you No, know, I, I mean, I don't think most people will what do I, you think? I usually do, myself oh, okay, yeah,
1: sure No, it, it, it's a tough shot, and then you got the self esteem when you have a volley of ducks that you just missed then you lose your self esteem for the next batch well, I'm not going to hit them, so let's let them work. And then you regret letting them not work. So, Yeah, but but that was a lot of fun, honestly, having these ducks
2: work. And, uh, you know, seeing them work on the corners when you call them and give you another look and give you a chance. I mean, we had groups that worked. I mean, I think we had the biggest group of mallards that worked in was, I mean, that worked all the way in, like going to sit down, feet down, set was a group of seven yeah about seven something like that and they worked right in there um and they worked uh, i think five times call them on the corners and they'd circle around and come back in and get real close and they decide they didn't want it and then they'd swing off to the left or swing off to the right and on the corners give them a big um you know a more aggressive comeback call and they'd swing around and you know, we softly call them in, and that's just so much fun getting to work these birds. And then they work right in, and that's just like the joy of calling a mallard um, when they come in, all seven of them feet down, and we take half of
1: them. Half of them, when you know, call a shot, and half of them fall. Yeah. Yeah, it was, a f- it was fun throughout the day. It, it was definitely challenging. We were constantly trying to change up things uh whether it be our spread uh take out the mojo change the position of the mojo uh, put more snow on the blind because um we had a lot that would just not finish that last five ten yards that we needed Um, so we were constantly trying to figure out okay what is it what is it is it this, and we are eliminate? Okay, it's not this. Is it this? Uh, so we're, it was It was fun because you were constantly trying to figure out what are they seeing, what do they not like. Uh, we change something, and then we'd get a pair to work in. and then it was like, okay. And honestly, it was probably one of the times I saw
2: more mallards cup in towards us. I mean, they just coast for and be locked up for. You know 70 yards and we just had group after group and they just kind of do it in spurts and all of a sudden you'd have multiple groups and then you'd get you know one of them to, of, of them to work. Ooh. Isis.
1: Did <laughs> I it say Isis but um. <laughs> I don't say Isis um. The roads are icy we just did a little bit of fishtail here. Fishtail so. for fun. <laughs> the chief's awake now.
2: Yeah. That'll get your blood pumping. Don't but worry you, I'm, I'm running the helm on the podcast
1: when Hunter's driving now. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think what I think between, you know, we've been kind of still talking about it. I think between um, having that fourth guy that we had to brush outside of the blind, we kind of all agreed that we think that's what they were flaring to once they got in that 60, 50-yard range. Well, we can't say all agree. I don't know if uh, Quinn and Josh agree. Well, I, I Quinn admitted that he thought it could be – the reason as well and, and I don't think they're all that I mean I, late season it, there's potential plenty of reasons why they could have I mean high pressure yep. late season so yeah, a lot of added things but having one
2: person outside of the line um maybe maybe could have been uh definitely would have been an added factor to um the birds flare, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, honestly, it was a very, very fun hunt. Um, just being out there on a big piece of public land like that uh, that I'd never been to and going on the whole adventure from start to finish, you know, working her tail off, starting at midnight, you know, driving through the night, getting there for the draw, the excitement of that, getting out there to the spot, dragging everything cross country through the grass through the marsh um across ditches almost you know soaking our waders and then getting to the ice hole busting off hundreds and hundreds of probably thousands thousands maybe thousands and thousands of birds it was just the whole area just lit up with life when we got there um and then kind of having the struggle of the cat and the mouse and the micro adjustments was just so much fun yeah um and then to have the success um, and, and we didn't have complete success we didn't limit out across the board um, I was lucky enough that uh, a lot of birds worked in on my side of the blind so I, I was able to finish off my mallard uh, limit um, and Hunter you got pretty close as well um, so yeah we, we ended up with, with 10 birds total yep and uh, Quinn actually did shoot a uh, diver it was a was it a ring neck? Yeah, ring neck. Hand ring neck. And, um... Uh, yeah, it was... I mean, it was a blast. Anytime I get to hunt in the snow, which I, I've been saying that, that that's my favorite, and then here I've been hunting. I think I've hunted... My last three hunts have all been in snowstorms, which those those are my favorite way to hunt, by far.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, they... You could definitely see when it was snowing or raining. uh the flight was better and they seemed to work in better Uh, so it was a lot of fun um we did our our success we shot more birds when it was snowing than when it wasn't yep so it was yeah it was it's a lot of fun yep and the and kind of another
2: kind of side note uh, there were hundreds and hundreds of specs yeah um but they never worked in at all Yeah. Um, we we had one that was a passing shot we took a shot at took a poke at I should say um, it was a solo coming in and I mean Hunter you really want a speckle belly don't you Yeah
1: I, I mean we we got a little uh, carried away I mean that sucker was probably sixty yards said maybe seventy I don't know Yikes. maybe eighty okay uh, uh, yeah he was out there yeah I, I don't we, think it was quite that far but we,
2: it was like it was borderline, um, yeah. We a, we, we,
1: were, we wanted to see, we, we just wanted to put our hands on it. Yeah. We just we, wanted to give, we had some extra shells, and why not, you know?
2: <laughs> so hopefully, um, you know, if we ever make it back to this spot and they have a big speckle belly migration, um, I've always heard that they're species specific, uh, and you, it would be nice to have. There's so many, I mean, but it's really we don't have them in our area, so we're not really set up for it. But, yeah. I mean, Bucketless Bird as well, um, almost as close as pintail. not quite that high up on my list. But, yeah, um, it was really cool seeing all of, all of the speckle bellies as well. But, unfortunately, um, they never were. They did lock up a couple times, but then they'd see our spread and be like, nope. So, yeah. Um, I don't know, is there really anything else we we should add to kind of the, the hunt update on that
1: no it was nice to it was nice to end on a good note here in Indiana because it's been rough rough for us so it's, we finally got to hunting some cold weather and
2: well worth doing. the the hike and the, yeah. the trip and all that kind of stuff it was, it was. so yeah, yeah I, I definitely agree I mean it was a maybe the, probably one of the most fun hunts of this year, if not, you know, one of the most fun hunts ever. Uh, just having that whole experience from start to finish, yeah. And like for me, you know, I, I think me and Elliot kind of hit on this a lot, you know, about experience and it's not necessarily kill dependent. And for Elliot, that kind of seems like a little bit of stretch this year with all the limits he's shooting. But, um, you know, it really is not always about the, the numbers. It's great when you have great days, when you have birds just working in. these other things.
1: By the uh, sand hills, so there was always something to watch.
2: Yeah, and kind of all that being said, I'm still it's gonna really be haunting me for a long time. Those pin that got away, you know, missing the one at 25 yards, hovering right over me, uh, missing the 15 yard shot where my gun jammed, had two chances at pretty easy pin um, but you know what can you do? Kansas, here we go. So. <laughs> All right. well thanks everybody for tuning in for another weekly hunt update I guess I didn't say this at the beginning but Elliot is out this week due to having um, other family things going on so he will be back with us next week per usual um, for the hunt update and the episode so uh, the episode with our guests so you know be stay stay tuned for that um, do us a big favor make sure to head over to iTunes drop us a five star um, review over there we really appreciate it guys um, you guys are awesome. Couldn't do it without the awesome community we have with Duck Gun Podcast. Uh, so, yeah, we appreciate your support. Uh, I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. My fill-in substitute co-host for the week is Hunter from HDR Innovations, and we'll see you guys next time.